Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Uh, you guys doing all right? You got, how many of you guys had a great Valentine's Day? A few people did. How many of you guys totally messed up Valentine's Day? Okay, no one so far. I had a little mess up of my own. Um, we actually had a fantastic, it was a fantastic week. We had adventures. We went on some day dates. Uh, you know, this kids being in school thing is actually pretty great, right? Because you get some hours, you're like, wait, we don't have kids right now. We can do whatever we want till 2 o'clock. Um, but so we went on some dates. Uh, we went and I took Erica shopping. We had, we had a fantastic, fantastic week. Lots of adventure uh, in it. Um, we gave each other uh, Valentine's Day gifts and cards. Um, I might have messed up the card a little bit. Because here's the thing. Like, no one told me. I'm like that guy that, like, if it wasn't for the last minute, a lot of things wouldn't get done. You guys know that? Anybody else like that? A couple people? Procrastinators? Okay, procrastinators, we're going to start a uh, we're gonna start a movement, a circle group. It's called Procrastinators Unite tomorrow. So, um, anyways, I'm a terrible procrastinator, and so I waited till Valentine's Day at 5 o'clock to go to try to hunt down a Valentine's Day card. That is a mistake, people. I'm going to tell you, because someone, the only thing left is, like, the Spanish one for grandma. Like, that's it. That's, that's the only ones. And so, like, I went to, like, three different stores. And I'm like, I'm just, this is, okay, i got to get creative. And so Erica got a custom-made Valentine's Day card. Uh, it was custom because I uh, took Sharpie and scribbled out anniversary and wrote in Valentine's Day. It was great. It worked out perfect, so. I'll tell you what, I'm like MacGyver when it comes to, like, getting in hot water. I will figure something out. But we had a, we had a great Valentine's Day. It was lots of fun. Um, and I realized that some people, like, for some people, like, especially if you're single, like, you hate Valentine's Day, right? You're like, all these other idiots, they can just get out of here. I don't care. I'm going to Taco Bell, Taco Shack by myself, right? Something like that. Um, and so I want to do you a favor. If you're here today and you're like, you know what, I don't, ha- I, Brian, you're talking this message about relationship goals and I'm not in a relationship. I don't have, a, I'm not married yet. I'm not even dating anybody yet. I'm waiting on Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, right? Uh, I want a Jesus-loving wife that will let me go fishing whenever I want. Anybody want that? A couple people do? Okay, not if you already have a wife. You can't hold your hand up, okay? As you get, this is if you don't have a wife, okay? If you want a Jesus-loving husband that doesn't care if you're addicted to shopping at Target, raise your hand, man. I'll tell you what. Now, all the, all the single people with your hands up, look around the room a little bit and see who's out there. Scope it out. We don't need Christian Mingle, man. We got Coastline Connect, right? We'll rock it out, man. People start dating, loving Jesus, making babies, in marriage. It's going to be great. This is going to be a children's ministry going to explode. Valentine's Day was great, um, but also on the flip side of that coin, uh, Eric and I had one of the toughest weeks of our lives, specifically when it comes to marriage. 
which is weird because it was like I, I'm I'm not even like hyping up. Like we had a fantastic romantic week. Week we went on some day dates. We had a great time, but we also had some fights. We also yelled at each other. We got into uh, a r- really bad arguments, and Erica came back to me on her hands and knees and said. <laughs> She said, you get out from underneath that bed and face me like a man. Yeah. My, I am scared of my wife, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know, I ain't even a lie. So, but um, we're trying to figure out through all of this in the days that we have great days and great weeks and days that we have terrible weeks where we fight and uh, we borderline hate each other, you know, or at least if anybody else saw, it would, that's what it would look like. How, how do we live like, how do we pursue Christ in this, and how do we continue to have a successful marriage? And I believe the only way that is is by if we set some relationship goals and we start to follow those. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether you're single, uh, whether you are uh, married, whether you're engaged, whatever it is, I want to tell you, set some, some goals for your relationship and start pursuing those goals. Don't wait till you get married to say, okay, now we're going to set these Christian goals. Set them, set them now. Start following them now. It's the best way to live a successful marriage. And so uh, goal number one we talked about last week uh, uh, was living Christ-centered. Uh, and this week I'm excited uh, because I want to talk about the goal, stay united. Look at your neighbor and stay, stay, say, stay united. Don't stutter like I did. Just say, stay united. If you look on Instagram and Facebook and social media and stuff, you'll see lots of posts of people that uh, have relationship goals, right? How many of you guys have seen these? Goals, uh, some of the goals are like adventure or fitness related. They might look a little bit like this, right? Yeah, no thanks, right? There's a whole lot of nope going on in that one, right? Not happening at all. I tried to see if, you know, it'd be funny if Eric and I recreated this, but I don't, I don't know that we're not doing that. So maybe on the edge of our bed, low risk. Um, Man, our relationship goals are like, we're just like, what about, this would be an adventure. What about if we went home and got our kids in bed before 6.30? Oh, my goodness. That would be goals. Those, Those are some goals, right? Some other sweet goals. Man, I saw this this past week. That's some goals right there. I'm telling you right now. That's going to be me and you. I might need a bigger skateboard, but but I am totally down with that. That guy is a genius. He is winning in the year 2020. Live Christ-centered, I think, is the very first goal of a Christian relationship. If you want to see success and peace in your life, live Christ-centered. The second one, though, is quickly right behind it is stay united. Um, Jesus talks about the importance of unity uh, in one of his messages to, to the people around him. Uh, and he actually references what God says in the creation of Adam and Eve. But he says this in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 6 through 9. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, it's all right. Uh, I, I actually don't carry a physical Bible when I preach with me. I use uh, this fantastic app called the Holy Bible. Uh, it's like one of the most downloaded apps of any of the app stores, whether iPhone, Android, whatever you do. Um, if you haven't downloaded it yet, download it. It is a fantastic tool. It has lots of uh, versions of the Bible. I use the NLT, which stands for New Living Translation. Uh, but there's uh, Bible verse. There, I mean, there's um, 
scripture reading in there. There's Bible studies that you can do. It's a fantastic tool. But in Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 9, it says this. It says, but God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And then Jesus says this next part. It's not in Genesis, but he says, he says, since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Everybody said amen on that. I think this is incredibly important. This part that Jesus said, I think, is, is, it's worth its weight in gold because I think if, if God created you and your spouse or you and your spouse to be, to be united into one, I don't think that's just talking about physical. I think that's, that's talking about spiritually. There's this connection that happens of these two spirits or souls that are intertwined with one another, this life that happens with each other. They become one. I think Jesus is saying, like, there's importance in that. Unity, stay united. To stay, being united is important. He says, so since God has put, to get, put them together, let no one separate them. I think it's incredibly important. Now, Jesus, when he's talking about this, he's actually referring back to something that God said in the book of Genesis when he's making Adam and Eve. He made them together, and we talked last week how Adam saw Eve. He said, whoa, man, this is girl's woman. See what that was? Anyways, um, Whoa, man. And uh, they started to do life together. God put them on a mission and said, hey, I want you to go and multiply, and I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to take care of the things on it and enjoy this creation that I've created for you. And that is what happened. He said, the only thing that you can't do is in this entire garden of everything that I've created for you, stay away from this one tree and do not eat of its fruit. And we know how the story goes. The serpent comes, the enemy comes up to Eve and says, Eve, but God, did God really mean that? Is that really, is that really what he meant? The great deceiver says, no, 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 I think if you, I think if you were to do this, you would be like God. And so Eve takes a bite of the fruit and then gives it to Adam, and I, Adam takes a bite of the fruit. Now before this, they are united as one, they're doing life together. They're doing, the Bible even talks about how many times that they together would take these long uh, walks with God in the garden in the cool of the day, just the three of them, just enjoying this fantastic place where he's put them. But after they ate the fruit, it says that immediately they felt the shame of what they had done, of what they had been through. They, they felt that there was something different. And so God shows up. And he can't find them anywhere. They're hiding. And when he finally gets to them, he says, what, what's, what are you doing? What happened? And they said, well, we're ashamed. He said, what did you do? Did you eat of the fruit? And they said, yes. When he asked them this, they replied very specific. That I want to read to you. It's uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. It says, this, it says, they replied, this is Adam, it was the woman you gave me. Who gave me the fruit and I ate it? He, oh, he totally pointed the finger right there, right? That was not even, he didn't even, it was like, I'm throw you under the bus and then back the bus up under you That's or over you. That's how it's going to be. Talk about putting foot in mouth, right? He said it was the woman. He separates himself from her. It was her. But then he doesn't stop there. He, you actually see him afterwards you feel this separation from God because he says that you gave to me. 
So it's her fault, but, but you did it. You're, you were the source. And God looks at Eve and says, is this what happened? And Eve says, well, it was the serpent's fault. She points the finger. But the theme of this is as you hear them converse with one another, you understand that today is probably not a day that they're going to take this long walk in the cool of the day. This is not a day of unity. This is a day where you see some division between the three of them. And I can't help but think that the enemy along the way knew exactly what he was doing. Because this, this is what I know. I know that, that if God had joined them together and God had a plan for them, then the enemy definitely wants to divide that and make that not happen. You know, I, I know God can do some things with me that are more than what I can do with myself. But I, a step above that, I believe that we are more important than me. I, I know that what God can do through the both of us is more important and, and is more than what will just happen through me. And I know that, that in whatever our future holds, man, my, you better believe that my defenses are up because I understand that living in unity with you and God is of utmost importance. And that if the enemy wanted to mess with that, he would try to divide us. It's important in your marriage, in your marriage to be to stay united. Look at your neighbor and say, stay united. There's a couple of ways that you can do this, I believe, of, of living life in, in unity, of staying united. The first one, the first step to stay united is, is this. It's be fast to forgive. Look at your neighbor and say, fast to forgive. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says this. It says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Man, these, this is one of the areas, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not saying this to brag, but this is one of the areas that, that Eric and I have down pat. And I, I don't know if it was just, uh, it, it was from putting Christ first, I'm, I'm sure, but at some point, like, we got a hold of this, like, right when we started uh, dating and, and when we got married. My wife is extremely fast to forgive because I do dumb things. I say dumb things about outfits that I shouldn't say anything about. <laughs> Gentlemen, if your wife ever asks you about an outfit, this is your response. Never change this response. Baby, you look beautiful. I am so attracted to you. That's it. Don't say any, don't ad-lib it. Don't change. I'm just trying to help you. We do dumb things. We say hurtful things. We make selfish decisions. We're wrong many times. But if we will choose in our marriage to be fast to forgive, that, that is the, one of the number one ways to stay united. To be together, to live out unity in your marriage. Be fast to forgive. Eric and I have coming up on nine years of marriage. It's not an incredibly long time, but, uh, man, I, I'm, we're almost to double digits. That's a big deal. We've done some marriage counseling in our time with other people who are, are dating, some people who are married, some people that have been married longer than we've been alive. And many of, the same, many of those people have the same issue. They say, Brian, you don't know. He's hurt me. 
Brian, you don't know. She said some things that are, are hurtful that I just can't, I, you will not believe. Let me tell you what she said. Let me tell you what my husband did. And they say it, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's terrible. When did that happen? Uh, that was three years ago. Are you kidding me? Build a bridge. Get over it. It was three years ago. You're holding on to you're holding on to unforgiveness for three for that long. Some people that, that time changes. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's it's a couple months. It would it would be very hard for me to sit here and, and hard for Erica to think of like, what has Brian done in the past that's hurt you? Because somewhere along the line, we realized that being fast to forgive was the key in staying united. Don't go to bed angry with your spouse. But we're just tired. We don't want to fight anymore. Well, then you better be fast to forgive. You want to go to bed, let's get it worked out. Because here's the thing. Here, this is the crux of it. This, is, this isn't even about your marriage. This is about following Christ. We are happy to accept forgiveness for what we have done. God, I've messed up. I feel terrible about this. I've had a shortcoming in this area of my life. God, please forgive me. Give me mercy. Don't, don't make me have to be the one to pay the price. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to receive that gift of forgiveness. And Jesus is happy to extend it because he's already done it. But who are we to sit back and say, but I'm not going to forgive him. I want to be forgiven, but, I, but I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to forgive him. Brian, you don't know the hurt. You don't know the pain. I promise you I do. But I know this, that forgiveness is the way to get through it. And if you don't forgive, it'll end there. Be fast to forgive. Stay united. The second thing I believe uh, when it comes to uh, staying united, uh, the second key is Grow in grace. Look at your neighbor and say, grow in grace. Now, although Erica and I are really strong in the fast to forgive part, I am incredibly weak in the grace part. Like, I'm not, I, I don't know, I'm, I am broken. I will, I will admit it in front of everyone right now. I'm working on it. I have a problem. That's the first step to admit, is admitting it. My wife, I don't hound on her about a lot of things but she is the slowest person I've ever met in my entire life. We will drive 30 minutes somewhere and get in the parking lot, and we're late, and she says, okay, just hold on. i got to put on some makeup. What? B but we're late. I know, but i gotta put on, I got to put on some lipstick. What were you doing for 30 minutes while I was driving? It's bumpy. Oh, my goodness. That might have worked like in the, the year 1990 when suspensions of cars were not the, what they are today. But Slowest person I've ever met in my entire life. And has to pee all the time. You, go to, you can't go on a, my goodness, it's like. It would be easy for me to everywhere we go to just dog on her, dog on her, dog on her. And say, why are you so slow? Why are you so slow? Why are you so slow? 
but it would make our lives miserable. It would make her miserable. It would make me miserable. At some point, I've got to understand, we've got to understand that there's a time to grow in grace. And there's many things that we've done wrong that we don't get right. But I'm so thankful we serve a God in heaven that is gracious, that extends grace to us in spite of our faults and flaws. I'm going to tell you right now, if you, if you will accept the faults and flaws of your spouse, if you will be graceful, if you will give them grace in those things, I promise you will stay united. Now this is a, uh, th- there's hairs to split when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about people that are dating, okay? Because I believe this, I believe that dating's purpose in life is not to have fun and hook up with whoever uh, you can. Uh, dating's purpose in life is to see if the person you're dating is compatible with you to continue in this adventure called marriage. And I believe that sometimes we go and we overlook things that we shouldn't overlook because we just want to have a connection. I, I, think, it's, I think it's okay for, for people to be picky to an extent. That could be a whole other sermon, but we'll save that for later on. I think there's still a, a, a way to provide love and grace and stay united while you're dating. But I think specifically when it comes to marriage, man, grace is one of the number one keys to staying united in your marriage. Sometimes the things that are bothering you about her, the things that are bothering you about him, they might not ever change. And I'm sorry about that. That might be an annoyance. But if you can provide grace in it, you've got an opportunity to stay united. Gentlemen, this is not, and I'm speaking to myself, this is not uh, a way of we you know, can continue to leave our crap on the floor and not pick up after ourselves and be slobs, okay? If you go home and tell your wife, hey, Brian says that you just have to have some grace, then I give your wife full permission, one, to punch you, and two, call me, and we will have a talk, okay? I'm working on this myself. Definitely working. <laughs> I'm telling I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get all us men together. Be united. Be better. Stay united. Uh, I was listening to a, uh, a pastor that I I um, uh, I listened to quite a bit, and um, he was specifically talking about marriage one day. Um, and he he told me he told us the story of uh, how in one of this one of the officiating times of when he was doing a marriage, how he misspelled a word and like announced it during the ceremony. And he says, for the rest of your life, you will stay or you will be untied. And he had to take him a second. He said, untied? What? The rest of your life, you will be untied. That doesn't make any sense. And he realized real quickly that what he was trying to say was united, right? United. So I think we got united up there too. They look really close, right? This is like, this is a, me- this is a mess up that I would do. T- I'm a terrible speller. He said, you will remain untied. I don't know what we're talking about. He was trying to say united. You know what the difference between untied and united is? The position of I. 
where the eye is. Ultimately, in, in your marriage, in your relationship, you do not have the ability to point the finger and say, you've got to change this. You need to change this. You need to work on this. The decisions that you have are, can I be quick to forgive? Can I continue to grow in grace? The position of, of who you are will change everything. And so today you have some work. You have some homework as we continue to push forward in our relationships with one another. Where will you choose for the eye to be? I know in our relationship, we are stronger than me. And so every time, I'm going to choose we. I'm going to stay united, and we're going to stay united in Christ as he continues to call us to what he's calling us to. Psalms 103.8 says this. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in love. That's what I want for my marriage. I want to be slow to anger. I want to be compassionate. I want to be gracious. I want to be abundant in love. As a follower of Christ, if these are the characteristics that Christ has, then that's what I should be following as well. And it doesn't mean I'm always going to get it right. But that's the direction I need to be going. And I hope that as you pursue your spouse, that you will take that direction as well. That you will stay united. Let that be your relationship goal. Doesn't matter about you doing yoga together. It doesn't matter about what money's in your bank account. I know I know that can cause pain. But if you'll stay united, I promise you it'll work out. Eric and I since the day that we met, um, I think it's probably when we started dating. At some point, we heard a counselor tell us, you need to have the mentality of it's you and her versus the world. No one else gets in between that. There's times where I might even mess up. Guess what? We're still together, and we both say, you know what? I messed up. What are you and I going to do about that? There might be something going on in our life, and, and it might be one of those things where it stresses her out or it stresses me out, but we're going to stay united. It's her and I versus the world. Church, I'm going to tell you, if you want, if you want a successful marriage and if you want to live in love and experience peace in your marriage, set a relationship goal and stay united. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. You might be here today and you're having some struggles of your own life with your relationships or with the status of your life where you're at now. I'm going to tell you, if you're not in a relationship, set the goal of living a life that's Christ-centered and let him worry about the other stuff. If you're living a life with your spouse or your significant other, and there's chaos, and there's hurt, and there's pain. Relationship goal number one, live Christ-centered. Secondly, though, close behind is 
stay united. If you're here today and you feel like there's division in your marriage or in the relationship that you're in, I'm not going to ask you to put a hand up and let me pray for you or anything. I'm, with no one looking around, especially if you're sitting there with your spouse, I want you to grab their hand and attach your heart to this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the connections, the relationships that you've given us, specifically when it comes to our spouse. I pray that as we surge forward and pursue the mission that you've called us to, that you would help us set these goals to constantly pursue you first, to put you at the center of our lives. And Jesus, help us to stay united. Help us to forgive fast and grow in grace. And I pray that as we do these things, that you would continue to stand guard over us and protect us from the things that we don't see, from the things that are coming down the way that we don't understand. We continue to focus our hearts and put you first. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.